0: Hello, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Today, pastors Jason Vaughn and Gino Guillermo will be discussing why the church is about God. Day hey, how are you doing? Good, good, All Right. Seems like uh, we were just in here yesterday, but it's been like three weeks. Viva, yeah, spring crazy. is
1: here, yeah, sneezing like crazy,
0: yep. Well, not not for me yet, but it's coming,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: the pine trees are spitting on the truck, so yep. so I know it's spring, yeah. So, today, uh Little lumpy of coffee in the cups for us, and so uh, we're enjoying some some good coffee and uh, gonna gonna talk about why the church is about our Lord. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it, yeah.
1: I like the way you phrase that because I mean the the doctrinal way to phrase that would be a high view of God. Yeah, but you say you're you're entitling this why the church is about our Lord. Yeah, that kind of draws our focus at least to the point of the church. Right. I like that.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny that, like, hey, we're going to talk about this profound topic, why the church is about our Lord, God.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's interesting, because you, you don't normally think about it that way. Right. Um, I was just... Uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> our ecclesiology... Today, I think, struggles because we haven't really thought about church and what it's supposed to accomplish or what it's how it's supposed to function, right? So,
0: yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting because uh, I'm waiting for my the squeaker to go by. That you might, our, yeah, that's exactly. For sale. yeah, that's the that's that cart. Yep, yep, we got that's one down. So we still got, I think, three
1: ice cream, ice truck, cream truck trucks. Well. It might be too late for ice
0: Yeah, that. I haven't seen the corn cart in a while. Lady used to come by with a uh, fresh corn and her, um, in her that she would make and come by in a little uh, shopping cart. I haven't seen her. Oh wow! In over in about a year, so shortly after uh, COVID.
1: After COVID, again, the, their business, their their uh, carts are
0: yeah closing down. Her, her business model must have changed. So
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: online sales only. <laughs> so. Uh. But it's, it's funny that, you, that we're going to talk about why the Lord is the center of the church. Mm. And I think why it's funny to me, because you go, duh. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, then again, how many stories do you hear about people talking about things their churches do, and you realize, oh, the church isn't about the Lord there? Right. Which is the profoundly crazy part, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we can easily even fall into good things like you yes. have a very you know prominent pastor, celebrity pastor. Yeah, not here, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that uh, that celebrity can ca- cause people to come under the under the banner of that pastor yeah. um, and not God. Yeah, and you just got to be careful.
0: Yeah, or the church is about whatever different crusades. And yeah. they're they're not then it's not like they're not like every crusade is is bad, you know, you hear oh we're we're gonna be fighting right. bullying in school and or we're gonna fight sex traffic or we're gonna fight uh Nazism or what are the other ones going on. You know, we're gonna be pro BLM, we're gonna be all about police reform, we're gonna be all about, you know, righteousness in kindergarten and you have all these different hashtag issues and and sometimes, right, those issues aren't necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder sometimes if it distracts us from our Lord. I think so. Yeah. And yeah. then again, the, the response is always like, well, but the Lord stands for righteousness, so we should stand for these things too. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. But at what expense? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah what expense are we setting the pursuit of worshiping and knowing god what are we what are we having to set aside in that disciple making process to narrow down ministry to one or two hashtag issues to accomplish that
2: mm.
0: uh, or think about on the flip side right some for some people church is an event mm-hmm. and the event is an emotional event yeah So now every Sunday's event, or maybe Saturday night because, right, you're trying to realize that it doesn't have to be Sunday. Mm -hmm. I remember when that was a big deal in Oklahoma and all of a sudden people were doing Saturday night services. And it was almost like so in that you were condemned if you didn't have a Saturday night service. But that event is such an emotional drive that it's almost like a Sunday concert. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a Sunday pep rally where people are going for their emotional fill, not necessarily to worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Because it's under the banner of God. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is it really God-centered? You know, and I, I think, right, there's definitely, for people in Cornerstone, I think most of the people in Cornerstone have been to or have come from or were a part of or no friends who are a part of a very man-centered church. Right. And so for Cornerstone, right, when we say, hey, we're not a man-centered church, that actually means something because a lot of our past experiences communicate the problem with that, mm-hmm. where pastor or preacher can't say certain things on Sunday because he's afraid of offending the congregation or we have to make a God palatable to the people around us. And, you know, we're, we're not trying to bash them, per se. Right. Yeah. So the goal of this podcast is not to bash other churches. Uh, the goal is to talk about why the church needs to be about our Lord, not about other things. Right. Yeah. 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 That's,
1: it's, it's, it's seductive. It is. It's, it's hard to... Um, to, I mean, because everyone will would would admit and say on paper that God is priority. Yes, but how they get there? Um, though you know, uh, though good intentions are are there. Yeah. Somehow that that intention can lead them astray, uh, and I wonder why that is. Because I mean, those are good things, and and I don't know what happens in the human psyche or in just the condition of man where we. No, I mean even the good things we tend to pervert. Yeah. It's like it's almost like, you know, you know, you, you you try to drive God as the priority through those issues, yeah. then you miss God. Yeah, I don't know why that happens.
0: Yeah, it's no. Well, that that's, <clears throat> I mean that that's it, right? You make the church about God, and by by making it about our Lord, what we're not making it about is, um, us. But obviously, the Lord includes us, so in a a way, we're there, but it's not about us. It's about Him. Yes. Yeah, and so it's actually interesting that that you talked about the perversion, because in thinking about worshiping God, um, I want to think about, that we need to have a right view of him. And so in Cornerstone, we call this having a high view of God. And what we're trying to say is that God is the center of all that we do. And what's interesting is when, when we first started, when we first got here and I would teach through the philosophy of ministry once a year, uh, th- this point has developed probably the most in my thinking over time. And not to say that a right view of man hasn't developed, because that, that's certainly developed, right? And, and in a right view of man, you have a right view of of what it means to be an unbeliever and a believer, a right view of the gospel, a right view of the church, a right view of leadership. All of those are important. But what's interesting to me is is the more we do this, and the, the longer uh, I've been in this position, the more this this high view of God has begun to trickle to where... It's interesting. It is a defining characteristic in our corporate worship, in our counseling, uh, in the way that we understand ourselves with the world, uh, in what we call normal and abnormal. Uh, And so this interesting, right, how a high view of God really does trickle down because, you know, what we're saying to counselees even, just to get very practical in the kitchen, if you come to us for counseling, how does a high view of God relate in a counseling situation? And a lot of us think about, oh, you have a marital problem. Well, let's go to counseling and get that marital problem fixed. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying is our goal is not necessarily to fix the marital problem. Our goal is to is to help you worship Christ right. Right. And in worshiping, if you have two people who are worshiping Christ you're probably not really going to have a lot of marital problems.
2: Correct. Yeah.
0: And so if your eyes are focused on Christ and your spouse's eyes are focused on Christ, then there's going to be a humility between the two of you and a unity and a love that is going to solve a lot of problems. Mm Oh, Oh, there he is. Number one ice cream truck. Uh. There we are. So the time of the recording is now 1620 and the ice cream truck has gone by. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Okay, so um, now you may not be listening to this at 1620, but if you did and you were listening to it at 1620 and that happened to coordinate, God providentially designed it that way.
1: I think you've been hanging around too many military guys because your your times have have morphed into... what is it called? Mil- yeah, military time.
0: That's well,
2: obvious. we have some pilots in the <laughs> church
0: too. So if I start using Greenwich time and uh, plus <laughs> zero, zero, 00364, you know, then you will be like, wait a minute. <laughs> My iPhone doesn't compute. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, right, and what we're talking about with having a, having a high view of God is in counseling, right, that trickles down into this, um, hey, we're not, we're not trying to solve necessarily your problem. The goal is not... To help you have a better sex life or better communication life or a better finances. The goal is to help you worship Christ. And so, right, because even in counseling with couples, sometimes each couple really kind of wants you on their side, right? She wants you on her side. He wants you on his side. And we're looking at both of them saying we're actually on both of your side mm-hmm. because we actually want you to understand God better. Right. And so we're actually on the side of the Lord and here we are kind of standing in the gap as a fellow sinner who needs to know God better trying to say, Hey, let us help you know God better. And so, right, that desire to put God at the center of your problem is really, is really the issue because the problem is that you don't have a high enough view of God. Right. Yeah. And, and so when we don't operate as God's intended, it starts to create problems. And so, um, we want cornerstone to to accept God in the way that he reveals himself and acknowledge him for how he reveals himself amen right and that, that's Absolutely. simple that's such a simple way to say it but it really is profound mhm because if you go to Romans 10:3 um for not knowing about God's righteousness right so he's talking about he's talking about Israel um They did not know about God's righteousness, which is interesting because Israel had the law and should have known about God's righteousness, and seeking to establish their own, right? And there's the problem. Mm. They want to establish their own righteousness. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't set up your own standard, and you can't set up God's standard and fit both of them together. Right. So because there's only one God... And he is righteous, so he is the standard. So then Paul goes on to say, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. So basically, because they wanted their own righteousness, they then submit to their own righteousness rather than to acknowledge God for who he is and what is righteous as revealed in his scripture. And so they don't submit to him. And Mm. so what's interesting is, when I have a right view of God, it is because I'm accepting the revelation about him and submitting to accepting who he is for how he's revealed himself. Right, And that, that, that's more profound. I think the first time I ever heard something along those lines, it was like, well, it's not very profound. That's Captain Obvious. But what makes it profound is, is how much unbelief we really have in this world and how much unbelief actually does tend to govern my day in and day out activities to where the reality is that that it stems down to that issue i do not believe god is who i who he says he is and instead mm-hmm. i'm so prone to want to like bring him down to me uh yeah yeah and that that creates
1: problems yeah that's so i mean the this um when i think of a high view of god it's it's you know your everyday posture um every your everyday posture and attitude before the lord uh, and it's so practical yeah um but which is the danger of approaching it like just simply as a doctrine we're just we're talking about our God, our Lord, yes, and how we need to please him and honor him yes um but yeah, I think just that human tendency uh you know going back to hashtag issues are just moral issues um good issues, yeah. and how they can even become idols, yes. Uh, you chase after them to the point of neglecting uh the priority of God and making the hashtag issue ultimately it's 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 uh the the name you're acknowledging is your own name. Yes. Your own, you know, yes. rather than God's name.
2: Yeah.
0: No, you're right because if you're pursuing all the hashtag issues, some of them may be right. Right. The the question to me is, what are you still neglecting? Mm-hmm. You know, and if I spend all my time pursuing hashtag issues, but I don't realize that God also is concerned about other things that are not popular on Twitter, then I'm going to neglect my family. Not a, not a lot of hashtag saying spend time with your family. Right. That would be interesting. I wonder if somebody could look that up. Has that ever trended? Probably not. Yeah, or spend time with your spouse. Date night maybe hashtag date night yeah maybe yeah but but even then single people tend to take that as for them as well true um, and and uh, not that it's wrong for single people to go on dates but but the point being that right does Twitter really like I don't think I've ever really seen hey show kindness in leading people to Christ on Twitter as a hashtag issue mm. that's never trended from what I could tell it needs to trend. It does need we, to trend. We could start it. Yeah, it does. Things yeah. that need to trend. Mm. Um, hashtags that need to trend. We could probably figure something out. Dude, that's awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, that would Let's. be that would be awesome. <laughs> um, so right in in thinking about that, right? The the reality is and Isaiah talks about it that that, you know, Isaiah says here, Israel, you go off and you pay these people to make your gods and then you become like them because your gods that you made, right? You paid some guy, showed him a picture Basically, think about it like a tattoo. Here's what I want. <laughs> you know, not not that tattoos are sinful, but here, here's what I want. You know, here's make it look like this. And then they bow down and worship that, and then they become like it in that they're deaf to God. They don't see God. They're blind to Scripture. They don't know God, and their worship doesn't reflect God. And that that's the problem with the wrong view of God is you end up worshiping what you become, what you worship, hmm. And and we were talking about that in one of the men's morning, and I think I even mentioned it from the pulpit a couple Sundays ago. You become what you worship, and so if your view of Jesus Christ is off, then then you're, uh, then the what you're going to conform to is wrong. Yep. Yep. And so if Jesus Christ is mere propositional truth, then you you are not going to care about how that propositional truth is proclaimed. Whereas Jesus Christ, manifest in the flesh, was gentle and adhered to, quote-unquote, propositional cool. truth. What did, what did you mean by that, um, to just see him as proper, propositional truth? Yeah, so it's interesting. Sometimes I think fundamentalists see Jesus as propositional truth, as a propositional truth, truth-sayer. Okay. Right, a guy with a book, he's Gandalf the Grey with a book who just, here's truth, here's truth, here's truth. Okay. But but God, when he reveals himself, reveals himself in the flesh. And Jesus revealed in the flesh is a gracious, merciful, compassionate, truthful God. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you you know, if you go to the woman at the well, does Jesus stand for truth to her? And the answer is yes, of course. He even tells her, you're going to worship in spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. But she's so scandalous that it it, honestly, I think we would be shocked if we found out Jesus hung out with her privately. Right. Right. Because she really is a rejection. Um, she's really rejected in society. Mm-hmm. And she's not welcome. She's not, um, she's not welcomed by society. She's rejected by society. She's got on her fifth husband. And even on her fifth husband, um, she is, uh, you know, probably sleeping around. Right, and here Jesus comes to her, and he offers her salvation and redemption and forgiveness, mm-hmm. while at the same time telling her that she there is some kind of conformity that she has to have. Right. Hmm. So,
2: yes.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> when you say um, making Jesus proposition of truth, you're saying that uh, people look at Jesus almost as a a, a bat to bash people overhead with uh, in terms of like. You know, making them conform to these moral issues necessarily. Yeah. Only I yes. guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Versus so, like the person of Christ. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so I think, right, if if all Jesus is, is propositional truth, then text like two Timothy two twenty-four, twenty um, four, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind be kind to all, able That's to true. teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, in my former fundamentalist days, I would camp out on the the need to correct and to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. and
1: At any cost.
0: Yes, at any cost. Mm-hmm. Just win the battle. Yep. But the text is actually very different, right? The text is saying, hey, communicate the truth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's also saying, you know, communicate the truth with kindness, patience, gentleness, mm-hmm. Trusting that God is the one that grants repentance and leads to the to the knowledge of righteousness. Right. What's interesting is when you see Jesus at the woman at the well, and even with Nicodemus, you see a kind Jesus who who maybe calls out Nicodemus, but at the same token, you don't see a belligerent Jesus beating him upside the head. Right. Yeah. And so the in John, those individual personal conversations with Jesus become very telling. Mm. Because you start to see that God revealed in the flesh, right, is about truth, Mm -hmm. right, while leading people to salvation, you know, totally realizing that the standard is holiness, but at the same time reveals himself in such a way to where his character is also on display so that not only what he says, but how he says it is important. Yeah. And so when I know God in his totality and recognize those things about him, Well, what is that? How does that shape the way I address other people? Mm -hmm. Right. On the one hand, you know, I see on social media this uh, call out to adhere to the truth. And then I see other people say, well, you need to be loving. Mm -hmm. And you almost, on the one side, it's almost like they need to realize that you can be loving in the way you give truth. And on the other side, you want to tell them, well, yeah, but you still got to give the truth.
1: Right. Yeah, well, no. the truth is loving. That's usually, yes. usually the, the the fighting fundy would say. Well, yeah, but the truth is loving. Yes, but we, you know, there, there's a true. way to yeah, there's a way to deliver that
0: truth. Yes, yeah, and so it's both. And so when I have a right view of God and realize that not only is God loving and gentle in the way that He leads people and communicates the truth, but that He also communicates the truth to me, that's a that right view of God. Then begins to orient and shape my response and life in accordance with him. Mm-hmm. So, right, because going back to the goal of having a high view of God is the problem with the with us humans is that we tend to bring, we, we try to make him like us, but the spirit is constantly pushing to change us to be more like him. And so the the high view of God starts with recognizing who he is what he's done, how he's revealed himself, and accepting it, mm. right? And, and accepting, sometimes there's tension. Right. You know, even, even God, God has revealed himself as the triune God. Mm-hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and yet the Lord is one. And in my brain, I try to solve that tension. Well, how is he three in one? And I think the better approach with the Trinity is just to say all of that is true about him. God the Father's true, God the Son's true, God the Holy Spirit's true, God is one. Mm-hmm. He's not manifest as three different people, yet he is unique and unified, and he alone is God. Mm-hmm. And so rather than try to solve the tension, I think for me it's that, hey, that's how he's revealed himself. Honor it and accept it and be amazed at his incomprehensibility. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. That was a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think uh, everyone, you know the tension... Uh, is only meant to be solved as far as the text would allow us. Yes, right? yep. And uh, and that's why that's why the tension exists because it doesn't explain every detail of yeah. how the Trinity makes sense. Yes, it just shows us that God. Yes, uh, is three persons with all worthy of you know um, worship and glory. Yep. All sharing the same attributes
0: and yet one. Yet one. Yep, and it's crazy. It's like okay, yeah, I know. And <laughs> that's good. but but even right, and that that's helpful for me because having a high view of God, it starts with okay, how has God revealed Himself, and then accepting how He's revealed Himself.
1: Yeah, it, it does make sense. I mean, <clears throat> I think just uh, looking at the Trinity over the years uh, and just studying that with you, um, and then understanding His holiness. You know, part of His holiness is. The Trinity, yes, the fact that He's other, yeah, really, uh, in in a way that's unlike anything we've ever experienced, yes. The Trinity and how it serves us and 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 you know leads us to salvation, yes, um, in a unique way should compel us to say holy, holy, holy,
2: yes, right, yes, yeah,
0: yeah, and you know He's yeah, that's a good way to say that the Trinity is holy because He's not like us, He's yes. set apart, He's distinct, He's different. You know, and I think my wife and I are one flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, every husband and wife is one flesh, and yet we're not one like the Trinity's one. Mm-hmm. Because the Trinity, the Father shows the Son, and the Son, it, the Son knows everything that has been revealed to him. But I mean, on any given day, I don't understand some of the things my <laughs> wife did. <laughs> you know, hey, so and yeah, yeah, yeah. Now she, I think she understands all that I do, but. <laughs> You know, and that, but that's the, that's the mystery of men and women is that, um, there's
1: mystery in yes. the other half. Yes.
0: Yes. In the better half.
1: Yeah. My wife's mm-hmm. going to listen to this later. She'll be like,
0: um, what did you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah Well, it's like a book that's never been fully finished. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It ages well. Uh, and yet. The chapter, the ending you know, in an Ernest Hemingway would rewrite the ending of his book until he had it the way he perfectly wanted it, mm. and I think that's just a good way to think about, yep, it's just the ending sometimes changes,
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's okay, right, uh, but part of having a good marriage is is the same thing, it's recognizing and always learning your wife for who she is. And always learning your husband for who he is, recognizing that change happens, and that's okay. But it's the same for us. When we come before the Lord and we read his word, we are reading the revelation of Scripture. And we are reading how he has revealed himself. And it is our job to accept him for who he is. Mm -hmm. And so for the church, it's our job to put him on display. And so we want to put the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on display because he's put himself on display. Mm -hmm. And worship begins with accepting him for who he is. Amen. Yep. And not trying to change him, not trying to make him like me, but to realize the Lord, our God is one. He is one. Right. You know? And that that, okay, the Lord is unique. Nobody else is unique like him. Nobody else is worthy of worship like him. And so we want to start there, right? God doesn't need to earn the right to be worshiped. He, he deserves the worship. Yep. And so, which is, you know, again, requires me to submit my own thinking and my own beliefs to him and to, Lord, help me to, to change my thinking to be more like you. Which makes sense.
1: Uh, and, you know, to your point earlier, which is why the church needs to be about God. Yes. Uh, the more we um, learn him and know him, the greater our... Uh, our understanding and then obviously the better our worship yes um yeah it's such a missing missing link uh, and it's so it's it's so uh, it's almost overlooked um by so many other things but yeah. simply knowing god is 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 a journey in itself and a, you know it's a never ending yeah. pursuit yes. for us
0: well and <clears throat> Right, it's it's even easy to be distracted by the music. Uh, the The funny part is, every element of corporate worship can be a distraction and take us away from the central part. Right? You didn't pick the music because you liked the bridge. Sometimes, <laughs>
1: no, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, no, yeah. It, you know the the music um, I pick. I, I I pick music that's singable and. And you know, in my in my opinion, beautiful, and, and yes. then the lyrics that try to commute, so you know, a certain yes. um, attribute or aspect of God or His work or something, right? Usually in relation to what we do on Sunday, right? Is my goal.
0: Yeah, which you do a good job, Thank but you. what would what would what stinks about corporate worship is potentially the style takes away from the lyrics and the message of the song, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: the bridge and the, you know, it's so funny. Can't tell you how many times, you know, you're part of a, you know, an Oklahoma part of a corporate worship where they stop the, the musical just so everybody can sing. And it's like this moment, mm-hmm. but it's every Sunday, you know, and it, and it becomes memorable and you realize it's because it was part of that emotional, mm. how oh, we can all hear each other singing, which by the way is beautiful on Sunday when to hear the whole congregation singing. Mm-hmm. But Again, all of that potentially can distract from worship
1: yeah you're, Just, you're, yeah, yeah. there i mean I think the emotional element right yes of of the human being uh tends yes. to overshadow the um you know it, it well I think it's because it's addictive yes that that emotional emotional element element, and we don't get it you know. Elsewhere in our life, and we find it in the church worship service, which legitimately should be there, but not not to drive you emotionally. Yes. But to experience God emotionally because of who He is. Yes. Uh, but the emotion itself doesn't drive us. Yes. To be fair.
0: Well, and that's that's even but and to be fair, even pastors, mm-hmm. right there. There are some people who are enamored by the delivery more than what is delivered. Right. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, there are phenomenal speakers out there that can captivate you. And if you don't know that you've possibly been captivated by a speaker, just answer this question, who's your favorite comedian? And then go try to retell some of his jokes. Mm. Right? If your timing's off, those jokes are not funny. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, like Brian Regan, sometimes they're funny because the looks he gives, and yet you try to retell the story, and you're like, it's really not funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, in fact, you know, I was thinking about, like, him on the airplane talking about people trying to put dead yaks in the, uh, you know, in the baggage. The overhead baggage. The overhead baggage. And you're kind of like, that's actually annoying when you're in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's not funny. (laughs) But it's funny listening to him because, again, the way he says, it's it's his delivery. And, you know, there's a handful of, of things that people... That comedians say that you try to retell the joke, right. You try to get your kid to retell it. You know, the first time your kids try to retell jokes and you're, you're just sitting there, there going, Lord, come, <laughs> come now, come quick. Like, don't, don't, you know, I can't endure this. And you're like, you know what, why don't you, you know, go go tell your brother that joke a couple of times until he laughs, then come to me. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing, right? Because it, it, sometimes the delivery and the, Everything else distracts us. And Jesus says to the woman at the well, but an hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And on the one hand, we can recognize that the true worshipers are going to be spirit filled and be sealed with the spirit. But on the other hand, there is an element here to where to where worship includes the revelation of truth about God. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of having a high view of God, you know, worship has to be a mental thing as much you know, as much if not more so, than an emotional thing because spirit here is not emotions. He's not saying there's going to come a time where you're going to worship in in emotions and truth. He's saying simply, that you're gonna worship rightfully, spirit filled in truth. But there's that element too where you're going to be in, you need to be informed. And that's why you preach the word in season and out of season, hmm. because that is the revelation of God. And you are trying to inform the worshipers about God so that their response is in spirit and truth. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so that having a high view of God, right, it coordinates with preaching, it coordinates with content but it also draws me as a listener and as a participant in, in worship, whether it be Bible study or Sunday, right? It should be drawing me to realize there's God is revealing himself and he's using this means to communicate. I need to come in and listen and learn. Mm. So having a high view of God, we could flip the coin on its head and say means having a learning spirit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because my goal is to learn God and understand Mm -hmm.
1: Him. It does make sense. I mean, He did call us to make disciples. Yes. And be a disciple. Yes. Uh, And it's it's you know it it is interesting. I mean, it's more than just being converted, but we're continuing to grow into the likeness of His Son. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, but I mean, so a question though. So, learning truth. Okay, that that's different than you know. The propositional kind of Jesus. So, how, like, can you just can you paint the distinction there? So, you're you're telling us we got to learn God, right? Yes. And then you're saying, you know, Jesus is just not a proposition.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's not the right. I mean, what's weird to say that because we're not saying that it's wrong to say God created the heavens and the earth. It's totally like that is true. Mm-hmm. I think what we're trying to say is don't don't boil God down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't boil him down to some specific, you know, uh holiness is merely purity.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Well, that's true. That that right, it's not a false statement, but there's more to that statement than just purity. Yeah. Right. Because holiness is belief, purity, and I would argue serving other people. Mm-hmm. You take serving out of it and you you really have a self kind of a self perpetuating cleansing going on, but it doesn't include sanctification because you're not humbly serving other people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah. Okay. So we have a, we have a high view of God and, and I think for cornerstone that boils down to, right. Putting God on display perfectly uh, trying to always trying to reveal him, trying to educate our understanding and leading people to accept him for who he is. Uh, the woman at the well gives us is a good text for us in terms of talking about a high view of God because there a woman with a low view of God is confronted in a gentle, loving way and is led to have a high view of God and to respond appropriately. Mm. The same thing could be said of Isaiah who enters into the throne room and sees the angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Right. And in in seeing God, who he is in his totality, the response to God is to repent and confess sin. Yep.
1: By the way, in in both those illustrations, the woman at the well, she perceived him to be a prophet. Yes. So there there, there was a revealing not just, you know, of Jesus's... um, uh, you know, the goal of Jesus was not just to, um, uh, you know, well, he revealed himself to her in a special way so that when she recognized that he was the prophet, yes, she repented and uh, she turned and even told people about him. You yeah. know? So there, there, that revealing of himself is what you're talking about, that knowing God, that Growing yes. deeper in who who God is causes us to turn our lives around, so we're not it's it's, it's I think what you're saying is you start with God, yes, right that's not, yes. not the issues, yes, you know, start with God all the time, yes, and um everything flows out of that he's the fountainhead of all holiness and and, yeah. and righteousness and service i mean yes. leads, i mean that should lead to
2: service yes
0: yes, exactly no, you're right, it's the starting point um Putting, putting God on display leads people to to start making the right decisions and to do the right things. Yes. Yeah, so. Because it's not an either or, right? We're not saying don't stand against racism if you see it or know somebody is racist. Right. Right. We're not saying, and I know, I know somebody will chide me for using the word racism, but um, I realize there's only one human race. But But that word has been around. I mean, I grew up with that word meaning you know, discrimination, discrimination against people of different skin color. Right. So that word, unfortunately, that's, that's its primary meaning for me. And so, you know, if you, if you want to nitpick, that's fair. I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that, but well, that's what I mean by it. And so, you know, obviously if I knew somebody that doesn't love somebody because they're a different skin color, I would pull them aside and be like, bro, that's really weird. Mm -hmm. Really? Like you think, you know what I mean? I would, I would challenge them. And so But it starts with God, right? Like, who is God, and what has He done for the nations? He's redeemed them, so He loves all the nations. Why would you not love all the nations? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think I think it becomes more important. Actually, I think you're better. You will better serve all of your hashtag issues if you put God on display and teach people who God really is, because followers are going to conform into His image, which means they're going to love people, they're going to stand for truth. They're going to be disciple makers. They're going to be, you know, the spirit is going to humble us and keep us humble. Yeah. You know, even if we go through moments of pride and sin, he's going to draw us back. Mm. And so, yeah. So I'm just just backing up a little bit. I'm looking at, so I'm thinking about
1: this through the social media uh, platform here. So, uh, you know, we we mentioned this a lot because we see it kind of get out of hand. Yeah. Is there a right so put put God in display. Like how why or how are people doing it wrong cuz they'll they'll put God on display in the sense that like hey God is holy and he wants you to do this. I mean, is that the wrong way to do it or you know, he he wants this issue to be um you know, he wants us to conform in this way. Yeah. Uh is, is there a way to do it? I mean, is it is it is is that even the context of is, it, is yeah, the problem I mean, the context is what I'm asking? Yeah, you know I what I mean? think the like, problem
0: is the context. And I, I think social media also has a, a whole other litany of issues. But uh, I think one of the problems is that often we say, in order to be godly, it must look like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you should be devoting all of your time and energy and attention to this.
1: Yeah.
0: And the reality is, you know, you may not be, you know, in a position to dedicate all your yeah. time, energy, and attention to this you know and it may not i just think it's kind of a question of where do you lead yeah and if you if you're following hashtag issues then you're really like the dog who's chasing its tail yeah whereas i think if you do it biblically you're putting god on display and the mm-hmm. reality is god does care about sin and reconciliation and death and reconciliation and he does he does deal with that and and so put god on display and watch people conform to the image and as they conform to his image Notice that they're not going to struggle with those same hashtag issues, yeah you know
1: yeah I, I think also um, it, it's also a um, a sign or a a, a maybe a, a flag that they're not involved in their local church right as much as they should, because like the way we think right we're like, are we dealing with racism in our church right and, and for me, the answer is no right and um so i'm not going to solve another church's problem, I don't have any influence over that church or, or, or that organization. Um, my voice won't add anything to the conversation. Right. So why not just focus on my church and, and display God in my church? Right. Um, we don't need to be the warriors. Right. I think that's what it is. Maybe we're, people think they're called to be warriors when they're just called to be faithful in their church.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and if you put God on display... Again, people become what they worship, put the right God on display and watch them become godly in their life.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so, right, uh, the the three kind of main texts we use for a high view of God is that Isaiah 6, because putting God on display leads people to repentance. Um, The woman at the well, Jesus reveals to her, leads her in spirit and in truth, right, informs her, which again leads to repentance, And then I would put this Ephesians one one passages as up there for us too, absolutely, because there God is revealed in the spiritual blessings He's given to us, but the drive for us is to be thankful. Yes, and which which coordinates with Romans one eighteen, right? Who who in Romans one he says, you know, the problem with mankind. Is we suppress the truth and unrighteousness, but but the real thing is, at some point, we did not give him praise and we did not give him thanks for who he is. Yeah.
1: Well, it's the related, right? Yes. Suppressing truth is suppressing God's uh, God's revelation of Himself. Yes. that's you're not gonna you are not going to you can't be thankful if you don't know God. Yes. Or if you are suppressing His revelation of Himself.
2: Yeah.
0: And you are not going to be thankful to Him because He's not you. And really, I think a lot of unbelievers are bitter that God isn't what they want Him to be. Yep. Yeah. Which is yeah, kind of sad. But they're unbelievers. Yeah. So it's expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully having a high view of God leads us to be thankful as well. Amen. Yeah. Because the better I know him, the more thankful I am, you know. Yeah. I think it's an acid test, right? If you're not
1: thankful, the question is why. Yes. It's you're lacking somewhere in your knowledge of God or in your understanding of who he is. Yes. Uh, It's a great. Instant heart check. Yes, if you're if you're listening and you're not thankful, like you know, I would challenge you and say, you know, um, examine your heart about uh, examine your heart and see, you know, what is there something that I'm not understanding about God that's causing me to be unthankful? Because we should be thankful all the time, yeah. yeah, despite any circumstance.
0: Yeah, well, and that you know, even even to continue in very practical and kind of what you just said, um, you know. Jesus, this new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. And so then in Ephesians 4, walk in a manner worthy of the calling of the gospel to which you have been called.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, in order to do either one of those, you have to understand who God is. Yes. So proper obedience requires proper knowledge about who God is. Mm Mm-hmm. Proper ethics requires conformity to to biblical ethics,
1: and, and this is why it's frustrating because we're trying to, you know, as an American, you're trying to uh, convince unbelievers, yes, of our Christian ethic, yes, which is an impossible thing to do. Unless they become Christians, unless they become Christians,
2: (laughs) right, right. 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 So,
0: how do you get an unbeliever to have a high view of God? I think you put Christ on display. Amen. Yeah, that's evangelism. Tell them about Jesus Christ.
1: Yep, yep, Yep. absolutely.
0: You know, and that's what I've actually quit trying to convince them that they're sinful. I just say, I know, I know, you feel guilty from time to time, and the beauty is that there's rest in Christ. Yes, you know.
1: Yeah, I often wonder, like you know, Christ revealing the sin to the woman at the well. I think it was to reveal Himself, His yes. His um, um, you know, His um, His all knowing kind yes. of character. Uh, the fact that He knew that um, was because He was the Lord. Yes, and that triggered something in her to say, "Oh, wow, you're a yes. prophet."
0: Yeah. yeah, but He's like, "Nope." Yep. She's like, "I know the Messiah is coming," and He's like, "Well, I am He." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Total total revelation. and she believes it. Yep. And she goes back and she tells the world. Yeah. You know, and what's funny to me is um, I've heard that sermon preached, right, as, as primarily an evangelism sermon. But I actually think the primary purpose is that it's a revealing who he is sermon. Yep. Yep. That that text is really revelatory that your God in heaven who took on flesh keeps the standard of holiness, while at the same time ministering with a gentle heart to someone who really, in in human economy, is already an outcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, she's an uber outcast. She's a sinner, plus she's not an Israelite. Yes. Plus she's like the worst kind of um, foreigner. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had this thought the other day. um, Because when we think about uh, ministry, Mm -hmm. a lot of us are prone to think about outcasts.
1: Hmm. You mean serving outcasts, or
0: yeah? So uh, I want to be very careful with how I say what I'm about to say. But there are pockets. Let me let me phrase it this way. Let me go back in time. Okay. <laughs> to Oklahoma, when they would announce a ministry outreach opportunity. Hmm. And it's interesting to me where they picked going. Okay. Guess what part of town they picked going to. See if you can guess it's socioeconomic demographics. Poor? Yes. Okay. And it's interesting to me that they picked financially poor people to go to. Okay. Because now, obviously Jesus, right? And because from their perspective, they're the outcast. Right. Right. And... and. We're not we're not saying Jesus doesn't have a heart for them or for outcast, right? That's not what we're saying. But I, I questioned, I was like, I wonder why no church has ever done an outreach program to like one of these high-end golf clubs. Mm. You know, you, like back in Oklahoma, Oak Tree was this high-end golf course, you know, country club. You want to play golf on there if you were with a member. And the only way you were a member is if you either lived in Oak Tree Housing Edition, or mm. if you paid like I don't know how much the the uh, membership was, but um, um, you know, uh, but nobody ever does outreach there. Mm. And the only thing I kept thinking is, are there not poor and spirit people there too? Mm-hmm. And it just you know it's just interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a
1: side comment. Probably too expensive to go minister at a golf club you have to play golf and (laughs) well i don't know
0: yeah but you you see what i'm saying right like
1: yeah yeah. like does it make sense i feel like i feel like churches do do um uh demographic studies and and plant their church sometimes in socioeconomic places that might be more profitable maybe well but see that's not really outreach that's more like yeah
0: Okay, so apparently the initiation fee at Oak Tree is seventy five thousand dollars. Oh, while the membership fees are five hundred dollars a month. Oh my,
1: God. yeah, that's and the most expensive a, outreach ministry yes. ever. And there's
0: a cap with six hundred. Mm. Now, I get see, but that's my point. Like in man's economy, those are the elite. Yeah. Um, but in God's economy, they're unbelievers and they're the outcasts too. Hmm. And so, right, the more I understand Jesus the more I see that he wasn't excluding salvation from the people that society said were elite. Mm -hmm. Right. But he is looking for poor in spirit and he's giving them the gospel. Yeah. And in his providence, he runs across an outcast woman who's going to be elect outcast by society. Mm -hmm. And he's willing to bring her inside. Yeah. Right. Which just shows that God's kingdom is filled with people that, that society may reject, but he's not going to reject. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, God's elect are going to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's our job to go put Christ before people and watch the elect draw to him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's definitely more poor people than billionaires. But today, billionaires are outcasts. So... (laughs) Well, yeah, now they are. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Until
0: pre-COVID. And now we're thankful for their Amazon. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you're a billionaire... uh, you know, you need the gospel. You do. Yeah.
0: And if you're a negative billionaire with a lot of debt, you need the gospel too. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just interesting because I thought, why do we always initially start with poor people? And somebody's going to listen and be like, you don't love the poor. And it's like, come on. Of course, of course we love the poor. Mm-hmm. But there is but there is a difference between financially poor and poor in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And so we are putting, we just want to put Christ before everybody. Sure, and watch God draw the porn spirit to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that—that's all my point is that. Yeah, it's weird how ministry. Yeah, how some ministries kind of assume, and and I almost I almost joke that like the white people feel better because they went down and ministered to to the poor people. Right. You know, but but that's not necessarily having an eye view of God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, t- you know, just off of what you said, um, you. We, we have ministered to people who are homeless. Yes. Um, and many of them, most of them are not poor in spirit.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah they, yeah. they are actually, in their mind, they're free and they have everything they want. Yes. They, they can do whatever they want. They can get drugs.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, all they have to do is steal something.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: they're free. That To yes. them, that is their idol. Yes. And they're rich. They're not poor in their mind. Yeah. They have everything they need. And obviously, this is not all. This is not all homeless people on the streets but we just right. there's just so much addiction out there that that's their God yeah so yeah, yeah they' there there's some of them think highly of themselves
0: yeah we don't have a we actually don't have a homeless problem in Las Vegas we have a drug problem yeah where people choose to live on the streets and use all their income for drugs not for housing
1: yep and it's it's hard because those who are legitimately homeless um you know are, are probably being neglected yeah and we, it's hard to find those people because yeah, you have to sift through all the addiction. But,
0: but even you talk to our police officers, and they'll tell you that most of those homeless people know where to go for for shelter if they want it. True. Yeah, yeah. and we and most cities spend a lot of money, are willing to spend money to get people off the streets.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: How did we get here? I don't know. I think I view of God. High view of God. It's just interesting with the ethical doors that that can open.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: but, it does spill into everything. Right? Yes.
1: How we think about God. Yes. Yeah. And um. Yeah. Poor in spirit. I don't know how we got there.
0: But I mean, I think for me, I'm willing my knowledge of God tells me I'm willing to serve anybody. But there's still that part of me that says, I'm not gonna go beat my head against the wall for an unteachable person. Yes. When there are teachable people around me that I know the spirit has put there to pour into.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, so I think for me that's the difference, right? Because yeah. there's always that like person that comes to you with this noble like story about you know their aunt who some lady just like every day loved on her for 25 years, and then she finally she got saved, and that was worth it. And you're like, mm-hmm. yes, that's cool. But there's also that Second Timothy two two entrust yourself to faithful men who are able to teach others and and deliver to faith to fat people mm-hmm. who God is, and so. For me, uh, to kind of summarize my thinking on this whole thing, put God in front of people, reveal the full counsel of God's word, knowing that that reveals who he is in its entirety, and watch people conform to be, watch the Spirit conform people to be like him.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right. Yep. Which, which, which is why we preach the word in yes. its entirety, yes. and which is why we counsel, you know, drawing, you know, telling people to look at God yes. uh, and, and um, honor him. Yeah. And that, that solves a lot of issues.
0: So. Yeah. yeah, And such an, yeah. So, but this is one of our our lead kind of pillars of, of ministry a Cornerstone. And, but I think it's fair to say, what are we trying to do? We are trying to teach you God. Yep. And we are, we ourselves are trying to learn him and conform to be like him. Yeah. What did you start this podcast out with again? Um, the church about, uh, the church. The church is about God. The church is about God. It's about yeah. our Lord. Why the church is about God. Yep. Yep. And I I think it's fair because Christ is the head of the church and be that, be about the head. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yep. Anything else is idolatry. Yep. Yep. And then, which makes sense why John would end his first John letter. My, you know, my beloved children do not, you know, do not be about idolatry. How does he say that? <laughs> gosh, I had it, and then the second yeah. I started talking, I lost it. Yeah, gosh, that's me um, all the time. Yeah, uh, little children, guard yourselves from idols. Yeah. Yep, little children, guard yourself from idols. All right, well, until next time. All right, do we have anything else?
1: I think that's it.
0: All right, well, if you're not from Cornerstone and you're listening to this, uh, and you disagree with us, that's fine. Go talk to your pastors and listen to them, because that's why God put them in your life. Amen. And... uh yeah, if you're from Cornerstone, we love you and uh well, I mean we love you if you're not from Cornerstone you. too. We love you. you. You see what I'm saying? But but, but we love our church family cuz that's our church family and so if we can do anything, to serve, pray, talk to you, let us know.